Shalom, my name is Andrew Dyer, currently living in Boston, Massachusetts, planning on making Aliyah this year, 2009, and uh, I'll be living right away for some of my time at Kibbutz Lotan in the Arabah, and I want to make, Isra- uh, make Aliyah because uh, Israel is the, the true homeland of the Jewish people, and I want to return home. Welcome to another edition of the Bible in the News. There is a rise again this year in North American Jews making Aliyah. Aliyah means the immigration of Jews to Eretz Israel, and it is the cornerstone of Zionist ideology. The Jewish agency estimates that in 2009 we will see an increase of 15% in the number of North Americans immigrating to Israel. And this is a 12% or sorry, a 12% increase has already been documented for the first third of 2009, compared with the same period last year and the summer months generally see the largest number of Olim, new immigrants. The first chartered Aliyah flight of 2009 arrived at Israel's Ben-Gurion airport at 7.30 a.m. Tuesday, July 7th, and 232, uh, 232 Olim from the United States and Canada were on board the flight. The immigrants are the first of 3,000 Olim from North America and the United Kingdom to arrive this summer on the first of 15 chartered Aliyah flights sponsored by the Nefesh Binefesh organization and the Jewish Agency. Now, also, for the first time, a special direct flight uh, by LL was, came from Sao Paulo, Brazil, and I believe that was just yesterday, and brought 150 new immigrants to the Jewish state. As another reminder of the continuation of our God's promise to return the Jews to their homeland today, and a reminder of how scattered the Jewish people really are, and I suppose were. The flight was a result of the opening of a direct LL flight from Brazil to Israel last month. It always seems that there is a new corner of the world opening for Aliyah, or Jewish immigration. The number of Latin American immigrants to Israel is growing, according to the Jewish agency, which said in a statement that it expects the number to rise by some 15% compared to the 2008 statistics. And in the last few weeks, there have also been Jews coming from South Africa and Yemen and other places around the world. There is always a trickle, but continually we see these larger groups coming as well. And it seems that we can get dull to this and maybe even take it for granted. I know that for all of my life, Jews have lived in the land of Israel, but we cannot let ourselves forget the miracle of the returned Jew from all the corners of the earth and what it means for us. Only a few years after the Jews were being shoveled into the ovens of Auschwitz was the nation born against all odds. Let's just read a few of the prophecies together. Isaiah 43, verse 5 and 6. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. And in Ezekiel 36, 24, For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. The prophecy continues, Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean. And it is this that we are waiting for, a national washing of the word, which will only come at the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the truth is that the prophecies do not need uh, a return to any part of the land of Israel, but specifically the mountains of Israel, the West Bank. And we have talked about this before on this program. You can see this from the prophecies of Ezekiel, 
uh, quite clearly. And it, you can look at it on your own time, Ezekiel 37, 22, 38, verse 8, and 34, verse 13. The need for specifically the Jews to return to the mountains of Israel. Now we know that 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue would like to see an end to all Jewish presence in the West Bank. And that for now, even natural growth is not acceptable to Mr. Barack Hussein Obama. But then he also said last week that the United States and Russia are not destined to be antagonists. Can you believe that? I mean, after how many years of Cold War, after last year's invasion of Georgia, selling the Iranians a nuclear reactor, Obama sees good times ahead. And apparently, I suppose he does not get into Ezekiel 38 too much. Maybe we should send him Bible in the news. Although, interestingly, in Ezekiel 38, your southern power, Tarshish, and her young lions, which includes the United States, does seem to be taken by the surprise of a whirlwind southern push into the promised land of the northern confederacy. So, maybe uh, the blinders on Obama is something that we could expect. But getting back into natural growth on the mountains... How will we fare from here has yet to be seen. But over the last 16 years since the Oslo Peace Accords were signed on the White House lawn, the number of Israelis living in the West Bank settlements has increased to almost 300,000 from 110,000 16 years ago. And that does not include the more than 200,000 Israelis living in East Jerusalem. And even in the last three years, more than 5,500 new apartments have been completed in the West Bank. And don't forget, this was under under the reign, in part under the reign, of Ehud Olmert, who hated the settlers. I like it. Well, apparently Mr. Obama has some pretty determined folks on his hands. In fact, the Israel Land Fund is searching for two families who want to move into large apartments in Arab East Jerusalem. Apparently the land of the Israel Land Fund actively purchases and maintains Jewish property in largely Arab areas. The project is headed by Arie King, who says... Living in Bet Hanina is not like living in normal in a normal Jerusalem neighborhood, but people who live there feel a sense of Zionistic idealism. The two apartments currently offered in Beit Hanina were purchased by Israelis who believe the Jews should live in eastern Jerusalem. So for now, the natural growth continues. A gentleman by the name of John Thomas wrote over 160 years ago the following. The restoration of Israel is a most important feature in the divine economy. It is indispensable to the setting up of the kingdom of God, for they are the kingdom, having been constituted as such by the covenant of Sinai. As it is written, Ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. The apostles understood this well enough, and so do all who understand the gospel of the kingdom, he wrote. He later continues with a piece that has been quoted on this program before, but never loses its beauty. There is then a partial and primary restoration of the Jews before the manifestation which is to serve as the nucleus or basis of future operations in the restoration of the rest of the tribes after he has appeared in his kingdom. He then carries on to say how the Jews would return as unbelievers and as agriculturists with the hope of ultimately establishing their commonwealth. If we stop and think, really think about what John Thomas is saying here, he is saying that the return of the Jew to their land will be the basis of God to re-establish the kingdom, the kingdom of David. This means that, as we can now see the Jews clearly back in their land, God has already started setting up his kingdom, as they are the kingdom. We are just waiting for the return of the king. 
Now, the other major event that John Thomas saw as monumental to the return of Jesus Christ was the formation of the Northern Confederacy. In plain language, the coming together of Europe and Russia. His words have been quoted many times, but as with the return of the Jew, it never loses its power. He put it this way, When Russia makes its grand move for the building up of its image empire, then let the reader know that the end of all things at present constituted is at hand. The long-expected but stealthy advent of the King of Israel will be on the eve of becoming a fact, and salvation will be to those who not only looked for it, but have trimmed their lamps by believing the gospel of the kingdom unto the obedience of faith and the perfection thereof in fruits meet for repentance. Last year, when Russia moved into Georgia, we wondered if they were going to stop, but things seemed to simmer down. But as Glenn Abel showed a few weeks ago, things are far from over. The events this week have been saying the same thing. The following is, in a, is a snippet or an excerpt from the Associated Press. A U.S. guided missile destroyer dropped anchor Tuesday in Georgia's Black Sea waters ahead of joint naval exercises seen as a show of American support for the former Soviet nation crushed in last year's war with Russia. The exercises came one day after Russian President Dmitry Medvedev first, uh, his first visit to South Ossetia, a breakaway Georgian region that Russia recognized as independent in the conflict's aftermath. Both events reflect how far apart Russia and the United States remain over Washington's support for the former Soviet nation of Georgia, despite last week's cordial Moscow summit between Medvedev and President Barack Obama. So even though Obama last week with his rose-colored glasses saw a bright future for U.S. and Russian relations, the news and the Bible tell us otherwise. This week has also seen Europe trying to ease themselves of the Russian grip over their energy by signing a deal over a new pipeline that will bypass Russia and go through Georgia and Turkey to Eastern Europe. Well, how long Russia will put up with this will have to be seen. But a pipeline heading through Georgia I would, I would consider less than secure. If anything, it is bait for the bear, and bait that goes through Turkey, a country that will be taken as Russia heads south for Israel, the country that just struck rich on a massive natural gas reserve. Well, even, as it, even at its height, the pipeline would only supply 5% of Europe's gas. And due to Europe's emission goals, they need much more of that gas. So they're actually setting themselves emission goals that are now making themselves even more reliant on Russian gas. Funny how things go. This gas, Russia is more than happy to supply. So happy, they themselves are building a pipeline up north called the Nord Stream that runs through the Baltic Sea direct to Germany. Well, John Thomas, through his reading of the scriptures, said that Europe would be chained and Russia would be triumphant. To look further into the subject, look up volume 21, issue number 4, under the archive page of the Bible magazine. So this week we have seen Russia continuing to move for pieces on the giant chessboard of Europe and the continuation of the scattered Jew returning. It has been another week with the Bible in the News, and on behalf of the Bible Magazine Studios, thanks for joining us. This week we are going to leave you with a little music from the Manitoulin Youth Conference 2008. Enjoy.